When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody could ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com as well as the mobile app. He is Jeff Fiegels. I'm Lance Meadow with you for the next 60 minutes as we're here to break down all that is happening with respect to the New York football Giants. And there's also multiple ways for you to take part in the program. You give us a ring, 201-939-4513, or you can just stay behind the computer screen. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. A reminder, you can find the archive of this show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app. Podcast platforms everywhere and at Giants.com slash podcast. So we obviously are in the heart of the NFL offseason for the Giants. There are a few teams actually still taking part in mandatory mini camps this week, but the Giants, they got a head start. So we're really thinking a little bit outside the box over these next few programs before we start delving into and previewing each and every one of the Giants' 14 opponents this season. We're going to start tackling that next week. And we've looked at some articles that have reviewed the Giants' offseason and some of the moves. So we thought today we'd look at the NFC East as a whole and an opportunity for you to weigh in, whether it be on social media or the phones. We want to hear from you. We're going to go through all four NFC East teams. We're going to tell you the most valuable addition to the team this offseason and then the most notable loss, meaning Mm -hmm. who they lost that perhaps they didn't necessarily fill that void effectively and that could create some issues. So we'll go through all four teams, good exercise and an opportunity for you to interact with us along the way. Jeff, how's everything on your end today? Good, good. Uh, Big Big time today. U.S. Open. I always like to add with my little golf stuff. U.S. Open starts today. So (laughs) we're we're a little bit distracted um, up in Brookline, Massachusetts. That's where it's at. So I'm excited about seeing that. On the East Coast. Yep. And and now this will be fun. This will be a good little exercise about going through this, doing some things. And yeah, you know, when you start to look at this, you know, we haven't really talked much about the free agency and things like that. We've just been caught up in the draft and then all of a sudden the mini camps and OTAs. So this will be fun going through this. And then look at our division. And this is also taking into consideration, as you just mentioned, it's draft and free agency. Mm -hmm. So we may pick a rookie that we think is going to come in that is going to make a significant impact. There's no restrictions in terms of where we could go with this. Mm -hmm. Well, it's our show. We can do whatever we want. Well, there you go. Right. We make up the rules as we go. We just want to make it clear for our (laughs) listeners to understand the layout of the land. So let's go in order of where the teams finished in the division last year. I think that at least had some rhyme and reason. 
So Dallas won the division. Let's start there. We'll go first, the most notable addition, and then we'll go with the most notable loss. So, Jeff, in terms of the most notable addition for the Dallas Cowboys, this was a team that wasn't very active in free agency, mainly because their core is still together, and they added a variety of different positions in the draft. Offensive line is an area that I think they were looking to tackle, given the fact that they lost a few players in free agency, and I think they were looking to also beef up their depth chart. So Tyler Smith, their first-round pick, is a candidate, but I'm actually going to go with another rookie. Because Mm -hmm. of the loss of Amari Cooper and Mm -hmm. the fact that Dallas has prided itself on a variety of different receivers, I actually think their third-round pick, Jalen Tolbert, is going to be their most valuable addition. This is a guy that could be a vertical threat, can stretch the field. I think he provides a little bit of a difference to what C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup provide. So I'm going to go with Jalen Tolbert as the candidate for the most notable addition to this team, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Mm, mm. See, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to agree with you, but only for the one reason. Um, I don't think he'll be a starter. Um, I know he'll be a good addition. So That's I'm fair. looking more for who is going to make, whether it's a free agency or it is a, a draft pick in this sense. And I think that Smith is going to be a starter. Uh, he's going to be your guy. And so there, to me, is probably the biggest addition at the, is from the rookie class and the draft picks. I think he'll make, you know, he'll make a more of an impact because he's a starter on that offensive line. That's what I think. They could use Tolbert on special teams, sure. too, so yep. he may carve out a role there. But, yeah, yeah I'm with you. James yeah. Washington, Michael Gallup, and C.D. Lamb right now are probably mm-hmm. penciled in as the top three wide receivers. But then again, we saw, for example, some of the complimentary Cowboys receivers step in because Lamb, as well as Gallup, and even Cooper missed some time right. last year. So Dallas does go a little bit deeper than most teams into their depth chart, and I think Tolbert provides a different skill set than those other three. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly why I was going in that direction. Now, you could certainly say maybe one of the complimentary free agents mm-hmm. could have an impact, like a James Washington. Remember, he comes over from the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you think you know he's going to be a little bit higher on the pecking chart, mm-hmm. the pecking order, it's possible that he may make an instantaneous impact because he's going to get more snaps and more playing time sure. in the initial stages. Yeah, the other thing that you and I could probably come up with too, if we wanted to add a third category to this, is what maybe one of the, any of these four teams did they retain a free agent that they kept? Obviously retained, but they they kept a guy that was going to be a free agent, but they ended up signing. Like you know, Demarcus Lawrence was a guy that the Cowboys ended up re-signing. Um, and being able to keep him. So, I mean, that's a big addition if you think it's not a big loss because he didn't leave. And I think them keeping him is a, a huge integral part of that defense. So you're saying basically a player that was prevented from yeah, heading out of town. Yeah, somebody that was going to leave. Like, yeah. for instance, okay, so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they were a free agent. They retained a guy. For instance, like, you know, Blake Martinez and Sterling Shepard. Those two guys were free agents, and now they were retained by, you know, keeping them here. Um, that's not a significant – actually, when I look at the defense, it probably is a significant uh, re-signing, if you will, for that. But, I mean, if we wanted to add one more category to it, I guess we could do that. If not, I could just tell you that I was just mentioning that Demarcus Lawrence was a guy that – and the Cowboys were able to hang on to. He's got a, you know, he's thirty million dollars in guaranteed, so it's pretty good, good money. Well, he was a guy that they may have had to just cut loose mm-hmm. in terms of restructuring the contract or saying, "Hey, we don't have enough cap space." So any move that falls under that category, I'm with you, Jeff. Yeah. I think though today maybe we could just stick to guys stick that three, we yeah. know Perfect. actually okay. either left or were added. But there's no doubt about it mm-hmm. that I think 100 percent when you have a guy 
that is a threat to leave because he eats up too much cap space and you find the way to work it out, mm-hmm. that that is considered a very valuable move because you don't want to experience life without that player. So Tyler Smith is the guy you're going with, mm-hmm. the rookie offensive lineman. Yep. I threw out Jalen Tolbert. Okay, mm-hmm. now let's look at it from the opposite side of the equation, mm-hmm. the player that they lost. Mm-hmm. And by the way, before we get to that, That's one easy. other good candidate that I want to just throw out, mm-hmm. Dante Fowler, I would, who the I, Cowboys it, added. so funny because I was just You were looking, thinking that way too. I was exactly. I was just going to say that name, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Because he has history with Dan Quinn. They were together in Atlanta briefly. And this is the guy that's coming in to replace the player that I'm going with, who they lost. Right. See, I could go with Amari Cooper. I'll leave Amari for you if that's where you (laughs) wanted to go. Okay. That's the dangling carrot. I'm not going with Amari. And the reason why I'm not going with Amari is, as I pointed out, I think they have depth at wide receiver. So I think that's a position of strength. I'm going with Randy Gregory. Okay. The opposite pass rusher to Demarcus Mm -hmm. Lawrence because Mm -hmm. I thought he was a guy that when everybody was putting their attention on Lawrence, Gregory actually was a productive player when obviously he stayed on the field and didn't miss time due to suspension. So now Fowler is the necessity in the equation to make up for the loss of Randy Gregory who went to Denver. And you could argue by retaining Demarcus Lawrence, Jeff, which mm-hmm. is why I'm glad you brought him up, they had to sacrifice Randy Gregory. They That's could right. not retain his rights. Yes. But Gregory, I thought, was one of the unsung heroes of their pass rush. So his loss, I think, is the most notable one. I agree. I agree there. And, and here's a guy that has really had a troubled past. And, you know, kudos to him. I mean, he really kind of put things back together and got his butt in shape and came out and really earned a, a nice contract by leaving the Cowboys. So I, I agree with you there. Um, another name that's not – this is not going to – by any means is going to win win the race here. But, you know, when you look at what they did at the tackle position in the draft, Connor Williams was a guy that they lost. I don't know how big of an impact would he be. He went to the, went to the Dolphins. But, you know, there was just a change in the guard at that tackle position. Um, and, and Tyrone Smith, what is the deal with him? Is he – he's done? What – you know, where is he at? Well, I mean, he's been dealing with injuries, yeah. but no, he's not done. He's yeah. absolutely yeah. in the mix. So, I mean, so. but they, he's still on the team. But, I mean, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but uh, other than that, I, I'll, I'll agree with you with Randy Gregory. I like that. I think that he would, you know, he's, that's absolutely because you had those two bookend guys, and that was, that was a, lot of, a lot of pass rush for the Cowboys. And the reason why I didn't go with the offensive line, and I'm glad you did bring that up, Jeff, because remember, it wasn't just Connor Williams. Lyle Collins they lost, too. Mm-hmm. He went to the Cincinnati Bengals. So they actually they lost two guys. But if you remember, Connor Williams lost his starting job mm-hmm. last season. Yeah, so yeah. he was very shaky in and out of the lineup. And right. Collins, remember, they had him out of the lineup when he was suspended. And I thought Terrence Steele did a nice job right. filling in who now is going to be the main right tackle. So I'm just I'm not sure if those two losses no. No, are they don't. of the significance of Randy Gregory. No, exactly. I, and I was trying to I was trying to yeah. compare those other players to no, Randy absolutely. Gregory. And as we went and kind of did a little exercise, I think it's it's pretty self I mean you really look at it like there's no yeah, absolutely. Randy Gregory by far a bigger loss than those other guys that we mentioned. All right, so we're on the same page yep. in terms of the loss, mm-hmm. Randy Gregory. But as far as the kind of wish they addition, would have lost more, actually. 
<laughs> okay, so now we're getting to the true emotions and feelings within this program. I thought we were going to remain open-minded well, here. we can. But apparently that lasted about 10 minutes. Unfortunately, that team yes. just comes up and it just, just does not sit well with me. So you had to start with the Cowboys. I'm so, sorry. I mean, we're we're you know. digging really into the old wounds for Jeff Eagles. I'll just tell you this. I will not do that to any of the other, other three teams. There were two teams that we're going to talk about. So Oh, and I thought this was the appetizer. Now you've disappointed me. I thought we were just scratching the surface of your true emotions. Well, things could change. You never know. Okay. All right. So you're at least remaining open-ended mm-hmm. moving forward. Uh, by the, the way, another yes. one of the players that the, that the Cowboys did retain, a big, big part of that offense is Dalton Schultz. So yes, there's another they guy gave that, him the franchise yep, tag. So there you go. And now they're trying to work out a new contract, of course, with him. Mm-hmm. That has been the issue as they take part in mandatory minicamp because he's been a no-show, which is not necessarily a surprise for all players that get the franchise sure. tag. And speaking of the franchise tag, we're not talking about it really for the Giants' sake because they have no candidates. Maybe next year the story will change, but yeah. July 15th is the cutoff date in that area Coming to up. get a long-term deal done. So we're about a month out yeah. from that. Yeah, and that's you know that's that's one of those things where teams are getting their cap together and kind of you know they signed all their rookies, so they kind of understand what how much money they have, and then they're going to start putting these things together and see see what happens. It's an exciting right. time if you're one of those guys because you know you're guaranteed at least you know the the amount of money you're going to get at your position, and then you're hoping that the team comes around and wants you to, to sign a long term deal, which is going to mean big bucks. I mean, you look at look at Mika Fitzpatrick yesterday. So that's right, Steelers uh, safety. Look Ooh. at you, man, going across the league today. I didn't think we were going to branch out so much. Hey, every once in a while, you know, I even got the guy's name right, which is pretty good. You did. Well, I mean, I think, you know, that's guy that has been in the NFL for a few years. You've had time yeah, to yeah. have it roll off the I tongue. I didn't say Micah. You know, I could have said Micah Fitzpatrick. You could have went in that direction. Well, you have your separation of the Micah Parsons from the Minka Fitzpatricks. <laughs> so, you know, you're, you're not collaborating between both players thus All far. Right. Which right. team are we going to next? Yes. Oh, next we're going to finish. So we're we're gonna... following the order of the standings, right. remember. Right. So there we're going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles, and therefore we'll finish off with the New York Giants. See, we'll build up okay. to the team of relevance. Okay. So the Eagles finished second in the division. They got a wild card spot, just like we did with the Dallas Cowboys. First, let's go with the most notable addition to Philadelphia. Now, I went first with Dallas, so I'm going to mm. put you on the well, spot. And who do you like in terms of the addition? Uh, well, to the you know Eagles? what? I'm a little behind here, so oh, okay. Um, so now you want me to backpedal? Yeah, and save you know you. what? Yeah, because I'm just kind of going through my little. Uh, oh, um, oh, oh, wait! Just right off the top of my head, AJ Brown. There you go. There's okay. a significant see, there you addition. Go. Okay. The Eagles have a few different options yeah. that you could yeah. have explored. Could have okay, there. Um, let's see here. Was I going down my little tracker thing here that you kind of told me about? Which is well, really I like cool. the AJ Brown one. I was just um, curious the, that, the reasoning behind that. Uh, well, first of all, because, I mean, he's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Captain um, Obvious. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, and I feel like, you know. Jeff, just, would you like to expand on that voice? <laughs> well, he's a really good wide receiver. Um, you know, they, I just, I'd like it because it's going to help their offense. And I think that Jalen Hurts needs a guy that like him that can get the ball to him. They've got a, they got a, a buttload of receivers down there. That's for sure. Um, I'm just kind of going down here if I'm, if I'm seeing anything. Oh, just right off, Derek Bennett, Barnett is a guy that they kept, which is a good thing for them. Um, I'm going to stick with that. That's, okay. I'm going to stick with that. Yeah. Well, it was a good one. I yeah. didn't think you were going to shy um, away from that. I didn't see why you had to even peruse the rest of the roster. I thought A.J. Brown was a very good one. Of course, who they acquired on draft day in a trade with Tennessee. So this was not a free agent addition. This was an acquisition. This was actually a trade, yeah. Exactly. And somebody that 
gives them a lot of firepower at a position of need. Remember, what was the storyline coming out of last season? Despite the fact that they made the playoffs, they leaned heavily on the run game. Mm -hmm. And outside of Devontae Smith, they didn't have a lot of reliable guys. Remember, Jalen Rager in that Eagles-Giants game at MetLife, he had two opportunities to win the game late. And the ball went right through his hands. (laughs) No, something tells me they don't. Giants fans are not complaining based on those developments. But the reality is, I think that brought to the forefront, hey, we need to make sure that we prioritize targets for Jalen Hurts this Mm -hmm. season. And they went out and they did that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And he's a, you know, he's a guy that can can really, uh, you know, help a quarterback. You know I mean, got the size, and I think he he kind of fits fits the mold of those of an eagle, in, in my opinion. So, yeah, I think that I think he's a good one. I was just trying to go through here and trying to figure out, you know, any other people that I see. I know they 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 kept Cox, which is a good thing for them. I think yep. they I think he's one more year, um, and I think the other guy too is probably, uh, they're you know they're going to be now. Okay, so that's that's the guy that that that's who they retained, right? Now, correct. I yes. know which I know the other one you were going to go to. You know who I'm going to go. <laughs> All right. Well, see, so, you were throwing out every player. I was like, is he yeah. going to give me a chance to actually but give I, my I'm, guy? But I'm trying to figure out <laughs> yes. now that I'm looking at James Bradbury. Is that is he above AJ Brown? I I don't think so. I I, I just don't. Um, no, and I would agree with you. Yeah. And right. there's another guy on defense that I'd even put ahead of Bradbury. Mm-hmm. So maybe you weren't thinking of the guy. Was that the guy you thought I was going to mention? No, I thought it was Bradbury. Okay, no, I was not going with Bradbury. Bradbury was going to be saved for another team. So now you're really giving away all of the items that we were going to discuss. No, I'm going to go with oh, Hassan Reddick, Jeff. Oh, yeah. That's where I was going to go. Hello. Yeah. Okay. They added Reddick, the pass rusher who remember wreaked havoc when he was with the Cardinals. Oh, remember that God. game? Yeah, like where he came to MetLife Stadium? Yeah. 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 Reddick to me, helps them at a position that has not been a strength. The linebacker position for the Eagles has been very hit or miss. They haven't had a lot of playmakers. Reddick gives them now mm-hmm. a solid playmaker at the Big second time. level, right? Mm-hmm. In addition to, you were naming Fletcher Cox and Derek Barnett. They also have Brandon Graham and Javon Hargrave and Josh Sweat and Milton Williams. It really is ridiculous. Jeez. And, oh, by the way, they drafted Jordan Davis. Mm-hmm. So we know they love to mix and match. They love to revolve the door up front. But what we haven't talked about in previous years is a guy at the second level Level, who can A, get after the quarterback, and can be a guy that in open space can wreak some havoc. So I actually think Hassan Reddick is the most valuable addition on the defensive side of the ball. I think A.J. Brown goes neck and neck with him. Mm-hmm. You can make a case that maybe Brown is over Reddick overall if you're looking at the team because I think what Brown could do from the receiver position may be more than what Reddick could do given all the firepower in front of him. But I would prioritize Reddick ahead of Bradbury given the fact that I think his versatility will do a lot within that defense that Jonathan Gannon runs. I will tell you one thing, that when you put those three players that you just mentioned, look at the amount of money that the Eagles are paying those three guys. How in the world can they do this? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, honestly, go down here. I'm looking at this thing, okay? And I just lost it. Uh, Where did it go? Oh, shoot. You're looking at the salary cap right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to figure. I think I wasn't A.J. Brown like $56 million or something like that. It was well, a, I think he, in terms of average annual salary, I think he got about $25 million a year okay, so, or in that all right, ballpark. All right, and then Bradbury was making a boatload of money, okay? That's why he left here. 
um, which I'm probably going to be, that's an easy answer for us um, <laughs> coming up. Um, and then when you look at Redick, the money he got, he just an ungodly amount of money, those three players. So I'll tell you what, um, Howie down there knows how to manage the cap pretty good. I mean, they were in some. One hundred percent. I mean, they were in some trouble a little a few years ago, but they they managed to claw themselves back and get get in shape here because man, it, it's this team. When you just mentioned all those names, this this team is loaded this year to, for you know because they can't keep all these guys all the time. You know, it's not going to work. I think next year is going to be a little bit of a kind of an exit strategy for a lot of these guys. It could be. And remember, with the Bradbury contract, Jeff, if memory serves me correctly, what they did was they added voidable years mm -hmm. onto the contract. And what happens is, you know, that spreads the money out. Mm -hmm. Now, you pay the piper eventually, yeah. especially if yeah, the money. player is no longer on the roster. You're going to have cap hits. But that's the way that teams, do I don't want to say circumvent, because circumvent to me indicates you're sort of cheating or bending the rules. That's not bending the no. rules. It's just, it's, just it's the way, way to... It. It, navigate, I think, is a better term. That's the way that teams navigate the cap. They add voidable years, or as you well know, and I mean, you were a former player. I, we know the boatload of money that you racked sure. in for yeah. your position. So I know I'm speaking <laughs> to somebody for experience. Yeah. But they add the signing bonus. And then if you give a lot of money up front on the signing bonus, what teams do is they take the signing bonus, they spread it out over four to five years. Mm -hmm. And that's another way that they pay a player a lot of money, but it's not like you're getting the cap hit for $15 million up front. You're taking the $15 million, I'm giving a hypothetical amount, and you're dividing it by five or six years, and then all of a sudden it's not that bad. Now it's a 9 to $10 million hit. Right, and then as you kick the can, as we call it, yes. then it comes back to bite you a little bit. So I, I think that teams can kick the can. All of them do. You just don't want to have a six-pack of them kicking it down the road, you know? <laughs> no. So once in you a while— You may not be standing after you get through that <laughs> no. six-pack. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that guy might even have a job if that's a six-pack down the road. But I will tell you that, um, you know, every team has to do it in a sense to be able to circumvent the whole system a little bit, you know? But it happens, and, you know, you kind of have to pay the piper down the line. But if you don't do it as much, you know, sometimes it can be okay. Because remember, the cap goes up every year. And, and you can kind of sometimes absorb a little bit of that hit because of it, but you don't want to get, you don't want to have it, you know, ordinary that you're doing this all the time because then you're going to be in what's happening with the Giants now. So that was the Eagles notable additions. Now let's go to the opposite side of the equation. Most notable loss for Philadelphia this offseason, Jeff. Uh, you want me to go first this time? Yeah, since you, you go went first, first this time. Okay. Yeah. All right. And Eagles, in fairness, did not lose a whole lot of personnel. So this yeah, is actually a relatively difficult yeah. decision. But I'm going to go, if you had me pick one player, this is more of leadership and somebody that's been a staple of their franchise. And that's Rodney McLeod, the veteran safety, who joined the Indianapolis Colts. He's been somebody who has been with the Eagles for many years. He mm -hmm. started his career with the Rams, then they got him from the Rams he brought into the Eagles. He's been a guy that has really been a reliable player on the back end. Now, do I think that they have a replacement for him? Absolutely. So I don't think this is going to be a mega loss from a talent standpoint because they have Anthony Harris as one of their safeties, and Marcus Epps is a player that they've utilized, and Philadelphia also will take some corners and move them to safety. So I don't think it's going to be one of those, oh, my God, it's going to come back to bite them, because I think part of the reason why they parted ways with him is I don't know if they really wanted to bring him back. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's why he joined Frank Reich, who he reunited with Indianapolis. But I think when you lose a staple of a veteran like that, who is a big locker room presence and also has a wealth of experience, it's hard to overlook that. So I'm going to go with Rodney McLeod. I think that's their most notable loss. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at the names here. None of them are going to compare to him. Um, none of them at all. I mean, I, I I'm trying to think of. I'm looking at these names, and it just really is. Yeah, they lost complimentary players. Yeah. I mean, you got a couple guys down here like, you know, Avery. Um, you know, he's a linebacker. He went to the Steelers. I mean, that's not a significant loss for them. Um, Alex Singleton, who was also mm-hmm. a special teamer. You yep. could maybe make a case for that. Yeah, I mean, he made bit. a few key plays here or there. Um, Ridgeway, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, Steven Nelson, he's a corner, but, I mean, it was a pretty decent player. Nate Herbig, a backup offensive lineman mm-hmm. who yeah. they let go of, actually, and right. he joined the Jets. Yeah. Those I, are the types of players we're talking about yeah. with Philly. No, I, I, I think this is the, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, McLeod is, the, is by far the biggest one, so, to me. I agree All with you there. So that's Dallas and Philadelphia. We're going to continue to make our way through the other two teams, ending up with the New York Giants. But in case you're just tuning in, we are going through the NFC East division. We're discussing most notable additions and losses for each team and how that may very well impact the outlook of the division. You can give us a ring and weigh in. And curious your thoughts at 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants chat on Twitter. few reminders before we carry on here. Giants season tickets are on sale now for the 2022 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seat starting at just $100. Call 888-NYG-1925, or you can visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. Also, don't miss your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giants games at world-class concerts in 2022 as a Giants suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available, or you can place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925, or you can visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right. Halfway home. Now we move to the Washington Commanders. Mm -hmm. Since we are alternating, we'll start with the additions first for Washington and Mr. Fiegel's, the floor is all yours. <laughs> well, I mean, I, we got to go with the quarterback position, right? I mean, if you think Not a bad that choice. Is, how, you know, you can either, I'm going to go, I'm just going to throw these names out and then I'll pick it. Okay. I'll give you the, my top three. Um, notable additions. Well, um, we just talked about the McLeod guy who came from the Eagles. He went over to, no, I'm sorry. He went to the Colts. No, he went to Indy. Uh, yeah. I just looked at that one. Um, let's see here. See, I think you should stick with your gut. Your gut no, 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 good. I am. I'm just trying to look yeah. and make sure that I. My gut is that, but the other, the other one too is that I, I'm looking at this offensive line position. But no, um, he's Norwell, just trying to name your guys. Lance. He's trying. Yeah, he's trying to guess who I'm going no, to take. Apparently, I do not. That's think what that Jeff way. is interested in doing. No, it's, it's not. I'm just looking in there. <laughs> um, Andrew Norwell is a guy that you know. Is, oh, that's is, another good one. Yep. So, but I don't think he's the impact as far as the the quarterback position because they they definitely needed that. So, and, then, and by the way, isn't an upgrade? I think it is a little bit of an upgrade, but I I don't I'm not a big Carson Wentz fan, um, and I'm I'm I just don't think he's that good. I think he's gonna he's he's gonna help us. 
He's going to help the Giants. He's going to help the Giants. So that's why he's the most notable addition because he's going to help the Giants. It's a very interesting way to spin it. Well, I mean, I just, I just don't think. I don't know. I mean, we saw enough of him in this division. So then, already. maybe see Jeff. I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah. the way you should spin it is when we get to the most notable loss, you mm-hmm. should say the most notable <laughs> loss is Taylor Heineke going from starter to backup uh-huh. because that's actually. Yeah. Helping the Giants. See, that's actually, how you should spin it. I actually like I, I like him better than Carson Wentz. I, I just think the guy is like Wentz is just a turnover machine. I just don't think he's a – I don't know. I just 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 the way I am. But, I, but obviously, I'm going to stick with that. So Carson Wentz is my guy. Yeah, Carson, it's hard to argue with Carson. He plays the most important position, mm-hmm. and Washington's going to go as far as pretty much he takes them health-wise yeah. and consistency. Now, since you already threw out Carson, though, to not be repetitive, and I agree with you, I'm going to throw one other guy, though, out there who I do think can have an immediate impact. And similar to Philadelphia, you could argue Washington's receiving core has had some young guys. Maybe they haven't necessarily come oh, to I fruition. I about so the draft. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go the route of the draft. I think their first-round pick, yeah. Jahan Dotson, yeah. out of Penn State, you put him with Terry McLaurin, mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel hopefully is going to stay healthy, because I think he's an extremely good fit for Scott Turner's offense. Remember, Scott Turner came from Carolina, mm-hmm. where Curtis Samuel played. If they can get those three guys on the field together simultaneously, you've got a nice mix and match. Dotson, another guy that I think could stretch the field, big playmaking ability, maybe a really nice connection with Carson Wentz because of Wentz's arm strength. So I'm going to say Dotson is right behind Wentz mm-hmm. for the most notable addition. And McKissick's re-signed with the Commanders, too. So Correct. He was going to go to Buffalo. Yeah. Remember that crazy? Crazy story. He committed verbally to the Bills, and then Washington came calling again, and McKissick had second thoughts, and the agent didn't realize, and McKissick wound up returning to Washington. It was a crazy story with all those different types of elements. I'm glad they worked it out for him. He's a good player. (laughs) Now, oh, oh, so this one you actually say is going to not necessarily hurt Washington. This is no, a good addition no, in your good, estimation. Yeah, okay. We need a, a clarification because the way you're wording addition sometimes <laughs> well, for, for some could reason, have negative Mc, McKissick, all I have, I, I, my memory of him is catching that ball in the game against the Giants last year. That just, just you know, took it down the, the sideline for a touchdown. Well, he's a really good receiver. Yeah. Yes, out of the yeah. backfield. So I think that uh, he's a guy that's, that's you know, that, that's, a good, that's a good retention, if you will. But, I, you know, I forgot about when we were talking about the Eagles. Um, you know, their draft picks. I forgot about the draft pick stuff, but I feel I, you know, this guy, I mean, there were some great wide receivers in this draft this year, right? We talked enough about it leading into it. So, and, you know, a couple of them went in the division, which is going to be fun to watch, but, um, so we'll see what happens there. And, but Carson Wentz to me is my, is my biggest guy. So, um, now I guess we moved to the, who, who was the biggest loss, right? Yes, the biggest losses. Oh, all right, I'll let there's you a go. lot of candidates here. Do you uh, want me to go first since you went first in terms of the additions? Yeah, let's see. I, I, you know what? Let me, um, let me just take a look at here real quickly. Why we're got, okay? Go ahead. I'm just, no, I'm, I'll let you take a look. I mean, you're um, really you're selling this. Nobody's teasing this mm-mm. topic more so than you today, yeah. Jeff. Well, this you're, is, re- you're keeping yeah. us all at the edge of our seats. Oh, I'm sure. Sure. <laughs> is, is it Kyle Allen? No, it's not Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it's Kyle Allen. Um, I am going to go. Do we have like a drum roll here that we drum can do? Sure. Well, we could do Jeopardy music too. Yeah. Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, Eric Flowers isn't even signed with anybody, so that's not a huge loss. I'm telling you that. Um, There's uh, two notable okay. ones. There's right, two well, ones that yeah. I think make a very strong okay. case. It's offensive right, line. Let, offensive yes, line. Yes, the offensive okay. line is the first one mm-hmm. that's screaming. Yeah. Yeah, There's absolutely. a guy that they lost. Yeah. 
that cannot be overlooked. Yeah, you cannot bury him, Brandon no matter Schur. how you try to spin it. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. There he, you go. He is. He's. That's a big loss for them. One hundred percent. Now you brought up Andrew Norwell, who's actually mm-hmm. going to replace him. Right. Not as. So good. I think that softens the blow yeah. a little bit. But Sheriff has been a consistent Pro Bowl guard yep. for Washington. Yep. Yep. Uh, Thirty million in guaranteed money going to to the Jaguars. It was like a trade. Norwell comes from Jacksonville, goes Mm -hmm. to Washington, and Sheriff goes from Washington to Jacksonville. So that's one. And uh, the other one here, that I mean, he's not going to compete with with, uh, Sheriff, but this is a guy who is a giant killer, is uh, Ioannidis. Ioannidis. See, taking both of my guys. Unbelievable. You know? The audacity. I don't know why I waited for you to make it. It came through the airways. It was floating in the in the room and I said, Oh, take it both of my guys. Yeah. But you know, it just goes to show you how easy it is. That that's oh, uh, of course. it only took you about a half hour, but yeah, very relatively easy. Yeah, you only yes. had an hour to prepare for the show for this, and I got dumped on it right at the beginning. So there we go. Well, uh, we like to keep you on your toes. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. It's a good exercise. But those guys absolutely those two are big losses for the commanders. Uh hopefully that they didn't sign in anybody that's gonna make up for those. So and that they, maybe they can finish you know, behind the Giants this year. So. Well, Federian Mathis, who they drafted in the second round, mm-hmm. is a candidate to replace Ioannidis. But you hit it right on the nose. Ioannidis yeah. is the sleeper <laughs> defensive lineman. Why? Because who's playing in front of him? Sweat, Payne, Allen, Young. All mm-hmm. first-round picks. So Ioannidis was the stepchild. He was the yeah. forgotten child. He was also there way before those other guys, too. Absolutely. Know? So he was at one time what we think of those other guys. You know, he Correct. Was, he was the... Yeah, that guy, I mean, every every two games, every year, man, he just, his stat, he just piled on his stats against the Giants every single year. It's like, whew, can somebody stop this guy, please? Yep. You know? Good pass rusher, good <clears throat> run stopper, mm-hmm. too. Good player. Two-way really player. Really good yeah. player. Tough tough guy. Um, good locker room guy. Um, so, yeah, actually, uh, that's a big loss for them. Absolutely. All right, so we'll... Try to open up the phone lines here as we move forward, and then we'll save the Giants for last. That's the one remaining team. Most valuable addition or notable addition, however you want to spin it, and then the most notable or most valuable loss, how that could impact the Giants. We've knocked off the three contenders in the division. We're going in order of last year's standings. But in the meantime, let's open things up at 201-939-4513. Salazin uh, Valley Stream. He actually just hung up. He just hung up. Okay, so there we go. False start. Five-yard penalty. It's now first and 15 <laughs> as opposed to first and 10. I did get an interesting off-air call, though. Um, off-air. Jeff was talking about his Italian lineage the other day. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Were you? Okay. Yeah. Somebody, uh, somebody, think- somebody, this is on Twitter. This is actually, yes. I, got a, I, got a quite, I got a direct message, Pearson, from that guy. Go ahead. Pearson. Is it Charlie? No, this was not Charlie. This oh. was the other guy that was opening up to so, somehow thinks that we're brothers because we're Italian. Oh, okay, well. Charlie called in, said he did a genealogy oh, test. Oh, please. And oh. apparently you're cousins with Charlie. Uh, yeah, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. Right? <laughs> and how much did you pay for that genealogy, uh, whatever? You know, what is it? What There is one you can pay for. Um, I think my son did it. Just to, That's how, you know, he found out who we were. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, uh, no, that is incorrect. I am not anywhere near Charlie's. No way. There's no way. And by the way, well, if, it, if it was true, I would just absolutely deny it anyways so that's the easiest way to mm-hmm. go i would deny it too mm-hmm. thank you lance Appreciate there's no that. reason why you should ever have to publicly admit any connection whatsoever no absolutely not i mean I, this is this is this is we're wasting time talking about it that's true yes well <laughs> pearson tried to we spice things up to make up for the penalty 
that oh, was sorry, laid it was a out. False, false start. Okay. It was the false start. Yeah. yeah. We went to a caller, and the caller dropped the ball. So, therefore, <laughs> we were penalized as a result. See, this is what happens on this program. All right. Let's get back on track. It's time to actually talk about the team of the hour, and that is the New York Giants. Most <laughs> valuable addition could go in a variety of different directions here. They added a lot of talent in the draft. They had some underrated free agents. So, where are you thinking, Jeff, here? Oh, I'm thinking the first pick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, see, all of a sudden, decisive when it comes to the team well, this is, this, of this your is choice. the team we know. And yes. to me, I mean, Thibodeau is a guy that automatically is going to be your biggest addition. He is the future of that defense. He is going to be fantastic to watch, especially in Wink Martindale's defense. And by far, the biggest, he's my guy. There you go. I know where you're going. Well, to not repeat you, and I obviously <laughs> would stand by your sentiment sure. with Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, Evan Neal is mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. a good choice. But remember, Neal is also one of five offensive linemen, mm-hmm. and it's dependent on the group. So I'm not going with Neal. Not to say that I don't think he's going to have an impact, but the way I look at an offensive line is one guy could be great, but if the other four guys or three of the guys are having their ups and downs, that one guy is only going to make so much of an impact, Jeff. Whereas, like, Thibodeau, Thibodeau by himself can make more of an impact, in my opinion, than what Evan Neal. So, my most notable addition, I'm going to go with Wondell Robinson. I'm going to go to the second round. I think Robinson, Mm, based on special teams and what he's going to be doing as a receiver slash running back and the creativeness of Kafka and Dable, I'm pointing in his direction. I think he's going to be the guy that we're going to be talking about more often than not as this season progresses. Well, I hope I hope we talk about both of them a lot. I think that offensively and defensively, uh, they're I think they're two guys that are really very exciting, and there's going to be some some really great plays out of those guys. You know, Evan Neal is is just going to be one of those consistent. You don't really hear much about him, and you know, so which is good. Yeah, exactly. A lot like uh, Andrew Thomas. I mean, these are two guys. You yep. just they're just going to keep their mouths shut. They're big boys. They're just they know what they do. They just it's their offensive linemen there. So there's nothing exciting about that position um, unless you play it, I guess. But for the most part, I think that the two guys that we mentioned, there's going to be a lot of interesting things to, to watch out of those two. And there's going to be some serious highlights um, out of both of those players because they, they have big play potential, both offensively and defensively. Now I'm adding a category here for the Giants only, Mm. the most underrated addition. Okay. Not the most notable, not the most valuable, because I think in Giants' minds, they hope to not see this guy on the field. But based on the issues last season, Tyrod Taylor, to me, is the most underrated addition for the Giants this season. They upgraded Jeff. Right out of my mouth? Okay. (laughs) Well, no, but Jeff, how many many conversations did you and I have on our Giants Radio Network postgame show, right? About the backup quarterback (laughs) position, okay? And that also came over to Big Blue Kickoff Live. We had been emphasizing this position going back to last regular season. So I did not want to get through this topic without acknowledging the addition of Tyrod Taylor. There's no question. And because and I feel like, you know, he can play, he can win. He's been in the league. Uh, something happens to Daniel Jones. I have no problems with him being a starter again. You know what I'm saying? Last year, um, I, I had issues with what was behind the first team quarterback. I don't have any issues with, with, with him. I think he's, in fact, I think he, you know, he is a, he's a quality, quality quarterback. So, yes, I, I agree with you. And, by the way, if for some reason Daniel Jones doesn't pan out with the New York football Giants next year, 
and they decide to go through the draft or what have you, they still have him on on the roster for next year. Yep. So, so that's to me, Tyrod Taylor. I'm with you. I, I, I and on that extra category that you just threw in there, I was I was wondering if I, if you were going to maybe pick maybe um you know the Scottish Hammer or something you know. Oh, but. the punter. Well, I saved that for you. I mean, that would have been your house there to take care no, of. No, I'm not to keep it order. No, that's not. That's not. Uh, yeah. You know, the one thing about punters and kickers is that there's no playbooks, right? So it, it, that's why everybody's, it's like, they, they think that they're easy, easy to replace because you don't have to learn anything as far as schematically, offense and defensively. They just go out there and do their job. So that's why, um, you know, they, they would, although I tell you what, if, if, if Graham Gano had, had left to go to another team, I think he would be in the conversation as one of the bigger players that the Giants lost. Absolutely. Right? So, yep. um, because he's a good one. 100%. You yeah. could maybe say that's the most underrated loss. See, if Tyrod Taylor is the most <laughs> underrated addition, if they lost Gano, mm-hmm. I would put that as the most yeah, underrated I loss. I agree. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So, the, you know, I'm looking on this. In fact, I read an article uh, today in The Athletic that it was uh, breaking down the team, three agents from last year lost on this team. Ironically, we're going over a lot of them. But So you're talking about um, the losses from 2021 yeah, offseason? The, there was 30. Okay. There was over 30 free agents from this that were on this team last year. And of the 30 free agents, 17 of them have been signed um, to other teams or who have re-signed here, um, leaving the rest of them unsigned, which is quite a, quite a bit of uh, – that's a big difference. And that just goes to show you how this team in 2021 and their depth was not very good. Um, because out of 30, you would imagine that at least, I don't know, maybe – almost 90% of those guys would probably be signed back 75% maybe, but only 17 of them have been re-signed since out of 30. And that was something we also talked about in previous off seasons as well. Mm -hmm. When guys had expiring contracts that a lot of them would still be on the free agent market as opposed to being picked up elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and we talk about how this team is being built. This team is being built through the draft um, and so in two years from now, if we're lucky enough to still be talking about this, the fact is that we were, we're going to talk about how this team was built two years ago and that the depth on this team is incredible. And that's what you want. And then the, the fact is, is you want to try to retain as many guys as you can with a cap that you manage, that you have enough money to do that. That's, yep. that's the, that's, that's the front office right there. That's what you're trying to do. A lot easier said than done. <laughs> sure. You know? Well, Jeff, if we go down that road, though, if mm-hmm. we have that conversation two to three years from now, it's going to be a product of the draft picks actually delivering. Right. That's why we're going to be having that <laughs> conversation, because why is it that a lot of the players that left did not get signed by other teams? Well, A, most of them are not necessarily draft picks. They're free agents who were used as mm-hmm. stop gaps, okay? Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. maybe classifies them as journeymen or players later on in their career. And I don't want to get off topic, but quick related note You brought up Minka Fitzpatrick, Mm -hmm. who just became the highest-paid safety in the NFL by getting an extension with the Steelers. Now, Fitzpatrick wasn't drafted by Pittsburgh. He was drafted by the Dolphins, but if you remember, Jeff, he was traded to Pittsburgh very early in his second year, like Mm -hmm. two, three games into the season. So he almost is an extension of the draft because they acquired him so early into his rookie contract right, that they reaped the rewards. Remember, the reason why they gave him an extension now is he was entering the fifth and final year of his rookie deal. So the reason I'm bringing that up is 
I've used the Steelers and the Packers as examples as to why do we see consistency out of those two teams? Why yeah. is it that every year they're competitive or for the most part they're in the thick of things? And remember, they've had years where Ben Roethlisberger has been hurt and Aaron Rodgers has been mm-hmm. banged up, mm-hmm. but they still they ride it out. And my response is, look at what they've done in the draft and look at then who they reward. Minka Fitzpatrick's an extension of that, but T.J. Watt drafted, gave him an extension. Cam Hayward drafted, gave him an extension. And there's going to be a bunch of other guys. And the Packers, the same philosophy. That's not a coincidence. Mm -hmm. The Giants have to get to that point. Mm -hmm. The Giants have not gotten to that point because we haven't seen a lot of the draft picks warrant second contracts or the GM that comes in has no allegiance to that pick because they didn't scout them well, and there's ultimately a big, bring them into the, the big word is scout them. I, I think that when you look from top to bottom in every organization, I'm not just picking on the Giants, that you know, there's this is not a perfect science trying to go out. You try to do the best you can, but you know what? You're not going to hit on everybody. But to be consistent, like the two teams that you had mentioned, those scouting departments, those personnel departments, the GM, those kind of guys, they're, they're making a lot of good decisions with personnel. Um, and that's a big deal. A really big deal because by the time you get to those fourth and fifth years of the contracts and those guys are really they, they've panned out to be really good players you have the ability to keep them because you've managed your cap you know the type of players you got so and, and it just piles on you get you know a ton of those guys you consistently are doing a good job opposed to the teams that are at the bottom of the barrel that have not done a good job through the draft have not done a good they spent too much money in free agency and that they've missed out on they've just totally missed on the evaluations of some of these players and when you look at the organization going back the last 10 years, that's, that's a big part of it. So going forward, I think that this could be the time where the Giants front office, scouting department, personnel department, all that kind of stuff, starts to make some good decisions and starts to build this roster and have some depth that it can compete year in and year out. Not, not saying they're going to win the division every single year, but to be competitive enough to know that you have a chance. That's the big thing. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Let's open up the phone lines at 201-939-4513. We gave you the Giants additions. Before we wrap Mm -hmm. up, we'll certainly get into the most notable losses. Clearly, there's a candidate, a very strong one Mm -hmm. that we brought up earlier in the program. I think most people know where we're going. But John is in Cape Cod, and he joins us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, John? Hi, John. Good morning. Good afternoon, guys. How are you? Good. Uh, I'll jump back very quickly to the Cowboys and then jump forward to the Giants. Sure. I think... The loss of Cooper is going to be a lot more significant than it just looks on paper. They've got a deep receiving core, but unless Lamb gets over the dropsies this year, you have good receivers and you have good receivers who are also good clutch receivers. And Cooper always showed up at the right time in the games. Uh, sure. Well, he's an excellent route runner. I would mm-hmm. argue he may be the best route runner at right. the receiver position in the NFL. I would agree with you. It is absolutely a notable loss. But remember, he missed some time last year with COVID, and they got by without him. So I think they experienced life without him. And Gallup was in and out of the lineup, and the Cowboys still found a way. So, you know, that's what I look at. I look at track record. And here's the other thing that I think you can't overlook, John. Tony Pollard and Zeke are very good receivers for their position. And let's say Cooper's loss does 
have a significant impact in the early going. I think the way their offense operates, that they'll just involve the running backs a little bit more to make up for the loss at receiver. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Uh, and, Jeff, I totally agree with you, with Tyrod Taylor. You know, with an innovative offensive scheme and coaching staff with, with a reputation for that, who's to say that they, that they can't use Tyrod Taylor in the backfield with Jones and give them an option threat because the guy can run. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, knowing this offense, you might see that because <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be all kinds of different personnel packages. I don't know if I mean it's probably very rare that that will happen because uh, you, you know you certainly don't want to get your backup quarterback hurt too by putting him in there. But I think that you know there's a lot of options you can do with this offense. And but to to your point and my point. I don't. I mean, I feel very comfortable. I can lay my head on that pillow at night, knowing that I got a backup quarterback. That if something happens to your starter, he's going to be capable to finish a game and also go out there and win some games for you going forward. Absolutely. I'd be. I'd be very surprised, John, if Tyrod Taylor is yeah. on the field with Daniel Jones simultaneously. Yeah. I think you could see wide receivers out of the backfield. Mm, Saquon yep. lining up as a wide receiver. I think they'll move those guys around, but. I don't see them putting Tyrod Taylor on the field. And all you have to do is look at Buffalo last year. They had Mitchell Trubisky, Jeff, as the backup to Josh Allen. When did you see them whip out? And you could say Trubisky is an excellent athlete, right? That guy mm -hmm. can run. You could say he's more of an athlete than Tyrod Taylor. And I don't remember them ever putting he and Josh Allen on the field simultaneously. No need so, to. No, yeah. I, I don't think that's going to happen at all. I just don't know much about Trubisky's hands, but I know I've seen Tyrod Taylor catch the ball, and he's a really well-rounded athlete. But jumping forward, uh, I, I agree with you also on the Giants' draft picks. Uh, I think Thibodeau, uh, if he develops the way he looks on his game film, the Giants may have another Michael Strahan or an O.C. Humanura. Mm -hmm. Evan Neal, you're right, is going to be solid. The best offensive linemen are the ones that you never hear their name called. So let's. time will tell. Time will tell indeed, absolutely, as we inch closer to the season. I appreciate the phone call, John. Thanks so much for uh, giving us a ring here as we're talking about some of the most notable Giants additions this season, whether it be through free agency and the draft. And we threw out Evan Neal and Thibodeau. Wondell Robinson was mentioned and we also were discussing Tyra Taylor as one of the underrated additions because they needed to upgrade the backup quarterback position. Mm -hmm. And based on his resume and the fact that he has a lot of starting experience, that was a huge move in the right direction. Now, the losses. Mm -hmm. And you brought up this player. You thought I was going to choose him for Philadelphia, considering he stayed in the division, so let's not beat around the bush. James Bradbury is pretty much right at the top of the list. You lose a veteran corner. It was a financial decision. We've gone over this on previous shows, so we don't necessarily need to give the background, but when you look at this young secondary and players that, A, some have not had a lot of experience, or B, have shown flashes and were just not sure what they could do over a 17-game slate, it's hard to pick somebody outside of James Bradbury for the amount of snaps he played, for his experience, and the significance of the loss. Mm -hmm. That you're not going to have a guy like that out on the field that you can at least rely on, that you feel good, hey, one side of the field 
we don't have to play as much of a guessing game each and every contest. Solid, solid player, right? Did, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, very consistent. And again, you feel comfortable knowing that that side of the field is going to be taken care of. Well, you know what? And, it's, and it was strictly, this had nothing to do with the football part of it. It had everything to do with the economics of the game, unfortunately. And it just happened to have, you know, it, it, and he went to the other team in the division, which is the worst, you know, because, <laughs> I mean, the, the Eagles now have two, what you would call, you know, they're not, I don't think they're lockdown corners, but they're two number one cornerbacks. Um, and they're going to be playing the Giants twice a year now. So, it's 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 a big loss for the Giants, unfortunately, and you know, and he's also one of those veteran guys that you know that at that position. Look at how many young guys are on this team, and so I think that when you look from a leadership standpoint, that's another huge loss. Adoree sure. Jackson is your other veteran guy, and I don't I don't know Adoree that well enough to to know if he's one of those guys that can lead in the locker room and on the field, or what you know what kind of a leader he really is. But um, we heard a lot about James Bradbury, so that's a big loss for them. Well, and speaking of leadership. Another guy that I think warrants consideration. Well, Logan. Correct. Logan yeah. Ryan. Yeah. yeah. He was going to be number two on my list. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and, and I, your eyes go right to James Bradbury. But then as I was going down this list, I was thinking some of the qualifications that we're talking about. And this is one of them. Logan Ryan was a guy that was definitely a leader on this team. Yep. Um, both on and off the field. And that, that was an important thing, too. So, you know, really, when you look at the losses for the Giants team, both on, from the secondary, on the defense, those two guys, you, you lose a lot. You well, really and Jeff, do. I didn't mean to cut you off. You could add Peppers as number three. Well, there you really? go. I mean, do yeah. the trifecta. Yeah. Three guys all in one section of the defense. That's a lot. That's a lot. So, you know, and, you know, they went through the draft and, and uh, they got another safety. They got a couple guys there that they're, you know, Julian Love and McKinney. These are the guys, that they're, those are the guys that are now going to have to take on the leadership over there. And they have options. It's just young, unproven options. Right. And a guy like McKinney, who's versatile, who can be moved around, maybe that softens the blow of the loss of Jabril Peppers because Peppers was that jack-of-all-trades mm-hmm. type of secondary player. But Logan, Jabril, and Bradbury add up the years of experience and the different schemes that they played in mm-hmm. and the personnel they've been exposed to. That is a huge loss if you add up what you're losing just from that standpoint. Forget maybe, you know, hey, those guys, like any other veteran, they've had their off nights. They've had their of rough course. outings, okay? Yeah, we're not yeah. saying they were perfect where, oh, my God, you can't bring another player that's going to be productive. But when you throw out, especially in a Wink Martindale defense, if you're asking your secondary to be out on an island and be good cover guys, experience matters in that department as opposed to baptism by fire, throwing mm-hmm. one of those young guys out there, and maybe they weren't asked to do that a lot in college. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they understand it's one thing to have the support of a safety in your college system. It's another thing, then nobody's behind you, <laughs> and the wide receiver run a 40-yard dash that is just outrageous, and by the time you realize you have no help, he's already five yards past you into the end zone. And, you know, it takes a lot to learn how to play cornerback in the National Football League because it's just like anything. Experience matters, and that's what we're talking about here because, you know what, these guys are so seasoned. These receivers are so good. They run great routes, um, and they're, they, they, can, they, can tr- they can fool you. They trick you. And so being a good cornerback is all about understanding how to play the certain matchups that you're – and that's just all about experience, learning to watch film and learn, and learn tendencies of these guys. And so – you know, coming out of college, they, like you said, Lance, you may not have been asked to be a man corner. You might have played zone all your life, 
But, you know, now you come in the NFL and this de defense, they're going to say, listen, you got to match up against this guy. Really? Wow. This is not going to be easy. Yeah, it's not. Because that, that guy's a veteran and you're a rookie. And he's going to basically, he's going to put some moves on you that you haven't seen before. So, and that's just, you know, all about, there's no substitute for experience. In this league, there is none. It's it's just baptismal by fires. If you got to throw the guys out there, then that's what it is. I think that's a lot what we're going to see this year from this team, both offensively and defensively. A lot of new guys, a lot of new faces, learning the systems and getting to know, evaluating the, the roster as we move forward now into preseason and then all the, say, all the way through the season. There's going to be a lot of evaluation going on here. Guys are going to be coming in and out of the lineup. we got injuries. And when you have injuries at certain positions, you have to insert younger guys, which, by the way, they get experience, and then now they can use that experience to get better and follow up to next year. Having this conversation and going through all the teams also got me thinking about when you look at the theme in this division, Jeff, mm -hmm. and clearly getting after the quarterback is important. I'm not trying to downgrade that, but the fact that you have mobile quarterbacks in this division, every team has somebody that can run out of the pocket, extend plays. The importance of cover guys may be pushed up a notch over pass rushers because if you can't get home and you can't bring the quarterback down, do They're you have guys that can handle guys. themselves, correct, <laughs> Jeff, on the back end? And also when you look at the level of wide receivers, and we went through yeah, yeah, the Cowboys receiver core, yep. Philly, Washington, some of them are big, big targets, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb. Some are quick and shifty. Terry McLaurin, for example, comes to mind. Devontae Smith. You're really getting a versatile group of wideouts where you need to have faith in your safeties and your corners to be able to handle them for more than just a fraction of a second, knowing that the guys up front may not be able to consistently bring down the quarterback. Good point. Yep. And, um, you know, and again, this is a passing league, right? So the, the, the rules and they kind of lean towards the quarterback being successful and being throw, able to throw the ball everywhere because they're protected. So I think that you make a good point. And the, the fact is, is that you've got to cover these days. And if you can't, then the quarterbacks are going to eat you alive and they're, they're going to have a 400-yard passing day. You know, the, new, the 400 now is, is, is the old 300, in my opinion. Um, it's <laughs> yeah. just the way it's going. You know, or maybe it's 350, you meet halfway. But, you know, rem I remember years ago when somebody threw for 300 yards, you're like, wow, what a day that guy had. Now you're like, you didn't throw for 300? You, <laughs> what kind of a day did you have, you know? So um, I just think that you got to be able to have guys to cover. Um, and, and by the way, you can have guys that cover, but you got to be able to have guys that can cover and play within the framework of the league, too. And, you know, that you're not getting P.I. Inter interference all sure. the time and you're not getting penalties. And these guys are just they have to be able to play the ball. Um, and that's a tough thing, too, because you know what? In the NFL, they, they, they let these guys play a little bit more. And but you got to be careful. First and, five yards away yeah. from the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, the other thing, too, before we go, I wanted to bring up just run real quick and we won't have sure. to do this. But, you know, when you think about the Giants. Um, and we talk about free agency and, and who who we lost, who the Giants lost and who they who they kept and this and that. When you look at the coaching staff, I mean, you can kind of like go, you know, well, that's interesting. What, you know, when yeah. you look at the coaching staff from last year, um, you know, all of them being fired. Who was the who was the one that you look at? It's like, what's the biggest loss there? And then when you look at the new staff, who's the biggest Who's the prize guy? You know, is it is it Dable? Is it Wink Martindale? Is it one of the you know the other position coaches? It's something to think about too that maybe we can talk about on another day. I like that. Look yeah. at you already oh, brainstorming, listen, man. Listen, uh, you know what? No, I, I actually know. let let's plan on doing that yeah. on Monday show. 
Sure. Yeah. I'll I think that Monday. that's a, a good one to look at. I was going to say it's hard to do it for the rest of the division. Jeff, yeah, no, because, because the rest know. of the yeah. division to make any changes. <laughs> 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 Unless you want to look at whether or not they tweaked or gave somebody an incentive uh, like you did with DeMarcus Lawrence. Yeah. And then yeah. You, you no, figure think, out which I think coach. We can stick, stick with the, the, with the Giants. Of the Giants. Yeah. And, no, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and by the way, you know, let's just do, might as well just go organizational wise. Is, is Joe Shane going to, we got to throw Joe Shane in there too. We so, could. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. so, I mean, to take it, you know, think about it. Um, which and one you'll have guys? the entire weekend. See, we yeah. won't catch you off guard, yeah. Jeff. More you'll be able to weekend. take notes and yeah, yeah tomorrow yeah. too. Friday, that's right, you exactly. Know, well, not... and speaking of Friday, yes, it's important that we make sure our audience understands the office is closed on Friday, so we are not having a show tomorrow. It will be an extended weekend for everybody, but we are back up and running on Monday at noon Eastern when we will carry on the conversation. With respect to the New York Giants. Also, since we don't have a show tomorrow, you can check out some of the latest Giants Huddle podcasts, which are on Giants.com, the mobile app, and podcast platforms. The latest one is with Kyle Flood, who is the Texas offensive coordinator, former Alabama offensive line coach. I had an opportunity to chat with him. We got into Evan Neal, who he coached for two years. Also, he was with Matt Gono in Atlanta. Mm. Very interesting connections for him. So look at that. And then tomorrow, we're going to put up another one as we're going to hear from the Cincinnati head coach on Darian Beavers. So you'll have a lot to digest over the course of the weekend without Big Blue Kickoff Live. Jeff will gather his notes together as he will also try to navigate watching the U.S. Open. It's going to be a tough weekend for you, Jeff. No, it's Got not. a lot to balance. It's actually going to be really easy. It's going to be easy. Okay. <laughs> because, by the way, so I oversold yeah, it, basically. Well, yes. Father's okay. Day is Sunday, so that's my that's right. day. One out of, out of, of all the days. Um, <laughs> yes. That is my day. And I am playing golf in the morning with my boys, so that's Very going to nice. be fun. Okay. Um, and then, of course, I, we will be glued to the TV all weekend watching the U.S. Open because the U.S. Open to me is, you know, it's it's unique. It's not the it's not Augusta. It's not the uh, the the... The British Open and this and that. It's the toughest golf course in America, okay, that all these people come and play. And I love to see – I'm not liking what I'm seeing right now. McElroy is four under. but I Because I like to see it on the first day. I like to see it right around one under, two under, because I know that – at the end of the day, by Sunday comes around, the pin placements will be different. The rough is U.S. Open rough, and I just like to see these guys struggle, and that's what's oh, fun. About okay, it. so interesting. Yeah. All right, so you you like the adversity yeah. well, that yeah, the golfer has because to deal these with. guys are just so they're so good. When you see these so, some of these courses, you know the the winning score is twenty six under. I mean, is that is that fun to watch? No, I like to watch these guys hit it out of the you know the stuff that you and I are in all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. No, I'm looking forward to it, too. Also, I probably should talk to you about this off the air, but the whole live golf controversy adds another layer Ooh, to what's going to happen this yeah, weekend, that's, right? That's because you have a lot of guys thing. that took part in that last weekend who are now allowed. Yep. Yes. Yeah, one of the few left that they're going to be able to play in. So That's right, because um, the USGA said they weren't going to stand in their way. Every tournament is a little bit different. Yep. So, see, you never know what you get on Big Blue Kickoff. Well, live. we always get a little bit of golf in there. Of I course. Know, you know, it's a long, priority. It's actually long, it's written into yeah. Jeff Eagle's contract. <laughs> Must yeah. utilize at least five minutes of the program. Program. And Pearson's too. So oh, as long Pearson, as Pearson exactly. is running the boards, we're talking golf. So see, so. this is why Pearson has to sacrifice all his time working on this show so he could get to the end, the five minutes that <laughs> you golf. actually appease him with the golf talk. That's it. Yeah. yeah. There yep. we go. So we delayed the inevitable, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. I love okay. it. Yep. All right. So we get another thing off our check mark here on the latest <laughs> edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. We appreciate everybody tuning in.
Enjoy the upcoming weekend. We will be back up and running again, as I mentioned, on Monday at noon Eastern. Today's episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live, it's part of the Giants platforms everywhere and Giants.com slash podcast. For Jeff Eagles, I'm Lance Meadows. Stay locked to Giants.com for all the latest, and we will speak to you on Monday right here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Have a good one. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.